I'm Ed Peters, and speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Romans chapter 4. We will continue our focus on the opening verses of this chapter, where Paul uses the example of Abraham and David, two men that were held in high esteem by the nation Israel, to show that God's requirement for the salvation of man has always been on the basis of faith. On our previous study, our primary focus was on verses 1 through 5, where Paul deals with Abraham's experience of salvation by faith. Abraham lived on the earth some 400 years before the Mosaic system of the law was given. Now, today, our primary focus will be on verses 6 through 8, where Paul speaks about David, who lived under the law. In these verses, we will see that God does not continue to credit unrighteousness to the sinner who repents, but forgives him when he confesses his sins. This is according to the word of David in Psalm chapter 32. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. It was the faith of Abraham and David that was counted for righteousness. Faith is the only condition. God accepts faith in lieu of works. There is no merit in faith, but it is the only way of receiving that which God freely offers. Faith honors God and secures righteousness for man. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Yesterday, I focused on Romans 4, 1-8. In order to appreciate Romans 4, 9 to 12, which are the verses we look at tomorrow, I want to glance back once more at the first eight verses, our text for yesterday and today. In those verses, Paul focuses on the fact that justification for everyone comes by faith alone, not by any works or good deeds. Abram and David are listed as examples. Abram came long before the law was given to Moses. David came long after. Abram was a good man. If anyone could have been saved through his own merit, it would certainly have been he. But merit didn't save him. His faith was credited to him for righteousness. 
David was a sinner, but he believed and God credited his righteousness to David's account. Sin is transferred from man's account and righteousness is transferred to man's account. That's grace. Under the system of works, everything depends on the sinner. Under the system of grace, everything depends on the Savior. Under the system of works, God gives everyone a fair trial. Under the system of grace, God gives everyone a free pardon. To admit before God that we are sinners results in a pardon. To insist before God that we are saints results in a trial. Christ came to save admitted sinners, not professed saints. Had David had a trial, he would have been condemned to death. He deserved it on two counts, his sin with Bathsheba and his murder of Uriah. Both, adultery of this kind and murder, bore the death penalty according to the law. There would have been no hope for David. His case was desperate. In fact, there was no sacrifice he could have brought to have that sin forgiven. There was no sacrifice for willful sin of that nature. That's why David writes in Psalm 51, For you do not want sacrifice, else would I give it, but the sacrifice of a broken spirit and a contrite heart God will not despise. But on the basis of his faith, God pardoned him. That's grace, not law. So out of this experience, David and we learn two great truths with respect to salvation. The first is in verse 6 of Romans 4 and also in Psalm 32, namely that salvation is freely given. David discovered that there was nothing he could do to restore the damage his sin had done. Nothing he could do could undo the situation. There was no way he could bring back Bathsheba's chastity, nor was there anything he could do to bring back Uriah's life. There was no way to correct those situations, nor could he restore his lost innocence. Works cannot undo sin. Once committed, no sin can be undone. You'd need a time machine to reverse time, and that's not possible. But David had a broken heart and a contrite spirit over his sin, and then God stepped in and by sheer grace forgave him and saved him. Nathan the prophet said those tremendous words, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. The law said he deserved to die. That was a fair sentence, but he didn't die. He believed God, and God in grace saved him. He credited his righteousness to David's account. God removed David's sin from the ledger, and in its place he put Christ's righteousness. David didn't earn it. Salvation was freely given. That's the first great lesson David learned. Don't miss it. Salvation is freely given. But there was a second lesson equally important. David learned that forgiven sin is forever gone. He wrote it in Psalm 32, and Paul quotes it here in Romans 4. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Sin was not only forgiven, but forgotten. Sin was not only covered, it was canceled. God blotted out the record. 
his memory banks were erased. I remember attending a Moody Science lecture some years ago, and the lecturer noted that the light from the stars that we see left that star many years ago. In fact, the star from which it came may not even exist anymore. When we see the light of the star, we see the past. We are seeing what was. Now, if you were on the star Sirius and looked toward Earth with an adequate and appropriate telescope, you could see what you were doing nine years ago. So in a profound but true sense, what you did, you are still doing. Everything you have done, you are still doing. The ghost of your past haunts the universe. The light and sound waves continue somewhere. Now let me be literal. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. Therefore, every sin everyone ever committed is still before him. But God is also omnipotent, that is, all-powerful. He is the Lord of his creation, of those light and sound waves that carry the record of our sins. By a sovereign act of his will, he can will them out of existence. Is it too literal to suggest that perhaps God just removes those sound and light waves that carry your sins and mine? Listen to the words from Isaiah 23, 25. God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake and remembers your sins no more. Any record of the sins is gone, and any memory of the sins in the mind of God is gone. They remain only in your memory, not God's. David had committed adultery and murder, two sins that deserved the death penalty. But upon repentance and confession, they were totally blotted out. His record before God was as clean as though they had never happened. David didn't deserve that, nor do we. But that's grace.
Even in the bad times, everything going wrong. Even on that mountain, his loving presence makes me strong. Each and every moment of each and every day, I'm gonna sing and shout. Don't let the rocks cry out. I give you all the praise. We're singing thanks, 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 thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. And I am so blessed. My soul is at rest. Oh Lord, I give you thanks. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all. production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.